0: Chapter Three A Book of the Foundations. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anne Boulet. Book of the Foundations by Saint Teresa of Avila. Translated by the Reverend John Dalton. Chapter Three being then full of all these cares it came into my mind to make use of the assistance of the fathers of this society who were very much esteemed in medina and with whom as i have mentioned in the first foundation i have for many years treated on the concerns of my soul and for the great good i received i have always had a particular attachment and reverence for them i wrote as our father-general had commanded me to the rector of this place, who happened to be my confessor for many years, as I have before mentioned, and is now the provincial. His name is Balthazar Alvarez. He and all the rest said they would do what they could in this matter, and much they did, accordingly, in procuring a license from the magistrates and from the bishop. And as the monastery was to be founded in poverty, this is a difficult point in every place." Thus many days were spent in negotiating the matter. For this purpose, a priest went to Medina, who was a zealous servant of God, greatly disengaged from all things of the world, and much given to prayer. He was chaplain in the monastery where I lived, and one to whom our Lord gave the same desires as he gave to myself. And thus he assisted me greatly, as will be seen further on. His name is Julian de Avila. Now, though I had a license, I had no house, nor a farthing to buy one, and how could a poor stranger as I was procure credit or trust on nothing, had not our Lord assisted us? He so ordered, that a very virtuous lady, for whom there had been no room for admission into St. Joseph's convent, hearing that another house was to be erected, should come to me, and desire to be admitted into this, She had some money, but very little, and it was not sufficient to purchase a house, but only to hire one, and to help to pay the expenses of the journey. And so we hired one, and without any other assistance but this, we departed from Avila, two nuns of St. Joseph's and myself, with four of the Incarnation, in which convent the rule is mitigated, and there I lived before St. Joseph's was founded, together with our father chaplain, Julian de Avila. When the matter was known in the city, there was great murmuring. Some said I was a fool, others that they waited the result of such madness. The bishop also thought it was a very foolish undertaking, as he told me afterwards, although then he did not tell me so, for he did not wish to hinder me, because, having a great regard for me, he would not give me any uneasiness." My friends also spoke enough to me on the matter, but I took little notice of what they said, because that which they considered very doubtful appeared to me so easy, that I could not be persuaded it would prove a failure. Before we left Avila, I wrote to a father of our order, named Fray Antonio Arradia, to buy me a house. At that time he was prior of a monastery of friars belonging to our order there, called St. Anne's. He treated on the matter with a lady, who esteemed him much. But the house she had was quite in decay, save one apartment, which was in good state. This lady was so kind, that she promised to sell it to him. And so they made the bargain, without her requiring security of him, or anything else beyond his word. And if she had insisted on security, we should have had no remedy. But it was our Lord who was disposing everything for us, the walls of this house were so decayed that we hired another on this account while they were being repaired for there was much to be done thus coming the first day's journey to arabalo late at night fatigued with the bad accommodation we had on my entering the town i met a priest a friend of ours who had procured a lodging for us in a house that belonged to certain devout women he told me in private that we could not have the house which had been hired for us because it stood near a monastery of the Augustinians, and they greatly opposed our entrance there, and that, therefore, we should be forced to have a lawsuit about the matter. O my God! When Thou, O Lord, art pleased to inspire us with courage, how powerless are all contradictions! But I was the more animated and encouraged by the consideration, that as the devil began to raise disturbances and difficulties, this was a sign that our lord would be served in this monastery however i desired our friend to say nothing in order not to disturb my companions especially the two nuns of the incarnation as to the rest i knew they would endure any trouble for my sake one of these was the sub-prioress of that monastery and both of them were of good families and because they came with me against the wish of their relations they were greatly opposed to their departure for all considered the undertaking to be very foolish. Afterwards I saw they had reason enough to think so. But when our Lord is pleased that I should found one of these monasteries, my mind appears to me incapable of admitting any thought sufficiently strong to induce me to lay aside the undertaking till the thing be done. Then all the difficulties present themselves together before me, as will be seen afterwards. When we arrived at our lodgings, I learnt that there was in the place a friar of the Order of St. Dominic, a great servant of God, and who had been my confessor all the time I lived at st joseph's and As in that foundation, I spoke much of his virtue, I will here mention only his name, which is Fray Domingo Banez. He is a person of great learning and prudence by his guidance, I directed myself. And now what I was about to undertake did not appear, to his judgment, so difficult a matter as it seemed to others, because the more we know of God, the more easy do his works seem. All things appeared to him very possible, on hearing of certain favors God had done for me, and on account of what he had seen himself in the foundation of St. Joseph's. He gave me great consolation whenever I saw him, because by all his advice I believed everything would succeed well. As soon as he came to us, I told him very privately all that had passed. His opinion was that we might soon settle the business of the Augustinians, but to me all delay was a tedious matter, not knowing what to do with so many nuns, and thus we all passed the night in trouble, for the affair was soon told to everyone in the house early in the morning father antonio de Eredia came to us and told us that the house he had agreed to purchase was sufficient and that it had a hall which we can convert into a little church by adorning it with pieces of tapestry this we resolved upon at least i thought it would do very well for the more haste we made so much the better it would be for us considering we were out of our convent and as there was also some opposition to be feared having learnt a lesson from the first foundation i was therefore very anxious possession should be taken before the matter became known we resolved accordingly to take possession and to this father domingo Banez likewise consented We arrived at Medina del Campo, on the eve of Assumption of Our Lady, about midnight, and to avoid all noise, we alighted at St. Anne's Convent, and thence we went on foot to our house. It was a great mercy of God, that at such an hour we met no one, though then was the time when the bulls were about to be shut up, that were to run the next day. I have no recollection of anything, on account of the terror and amazement we were in." but our lord who takes care of those who desire to please him preserved us for we truly had no other object in view but his glory in this matter having come to the house we entered into a court the walls of which seemed much decayed but not so much as afterwards when it was daylight for then we could see better it seemed to me that our lord was pleased this good father should be so blind as not to perceive there was no proper place there for the most blessed sacrament to remain. When I saw the hall, I perceived there was much rubbish to be removed, and that the walls were not plastered. The night was far advanced, and we had brought only a few hangings, three, I think, which were nothing for the whole length of the hall. I knew not what was to be done, for I saw that was no proper place to erect the altar our lord was however pleased the thing should be done immediately for the steward of the lady had in the house several pieces of tapestry which belonged to her and also a piece of blue damask and she had told him to give us whatever we wanted which was very kind of her when i saw such good furniture i praised our lord and so also did the other nuns but we knew not what to do for nails and that was not the time to buy them We began, however, to search for some on the walls, and at length, with difficulty, we procured abundance. Then some of the men commenced putting up the tapestry, while we swept the floor. And we made such great haste, that when it was daylight, the altar was ready, a bell was put up, and immediately mass was said. This was sufficient to take possession, but we did not stop here, till we had the most blessed sacrament placed in the tabernacle, and through the chinks of a door that was opposite the altar, we heard Mass, having no other place. With this I was quite content, because to me it was the greatest joy and comfort, to behold one church more in which the most blessed sacrament was placed. But my joy lasted only a little while, for when Mass was over, I chanced to look out into the court from a window, and saw all the wall in many places quite in ruins, to repair which required many days. O my God, when I beheld thy divine majesty exposed in the streets, at so dangerous a period as we now live in, on account of these Lutherans, what sorrow and dismay came to my heart. And to these were joined all the difficulties which those might raise, who before had greatly opposed me, and I saw clearly they had much reason in doing so. It now seemed to me impossible to go on with what I had commenced. For as, formerly, all things appeared to be so easy, considering that they were done for God, so now the temptation had such power, that I thought I never had received any favor from God. My own baseness and weakness were alone present to me. Relying, therefore, on so miserable a support, what good success could I hope for? Were I alone, I think I could have managed better. But the thought of my companions turning back again to their house— After all the opposition they met with when they left, this seemed to me very hard. I also imagined that having erred in the beginning, all that I had understood our Lord would do had no foundation, and a fear came on me immediately, lest what I had heard in prayer might be a delusion. And this was not a less, but a greater source of trouble and uneasiness, because I began to be extremely fearful lest the devil had deceived me." O my God, what a sight it is to behold a soul, which thou art pleased to leave in such pain! Truly, when I remember this and other afflictions which I suffered during these foundations, it appears to me that no account is to be made of bodily pains, though I have endured very severe ones. But notwithstanding all this grief which so much oppressed me, I did not in any way reveal it to my companions, because I did not wish to afflict them more than they were already. In this trouble I passed a great part of the evening, till the rector of the society sent a father to visit me, and he animated and consoled me exceedingly. I did not tell him all my sorrows, but only that which I felt in seeing ourselves in the street. I began to speak to him about hiring a house for us, cost what it might, wherein we might dwell till the other was repaired. I now began to take courage on beholding so many people come to us, and no one accused us of folly, which was a mercy of God. For had they reflected on our situation, they would have done quite right to take away the most blessed sacrament from us. Then I considered my own stupidity, and the little care all the others had, in not consuming it. But I thought if that were done, all was undone. In spite of all the diligence used in seeking a house, none could be found to let in the whole town. And this gave me great trouble night and day, because though I had appointed men to watch and guard the most blessed sacrament, yet I was fearful lest they might fall asleep. And so I rose in the night myself, to guard it at a window, and by the clear light of the moon I could see it from the spot very plainly. All these days a great multitude came to see us, and not only were they not displeased, but their devotion increased the more, to see our Lord again in a stable. And his majesty, who was never weary of humbling himself for our sake, appeared unwilling to remove thence. About eight days after, a merchant, seeing our necessity, and living himself in a very good house, told us we might have the upper part of it, where we could dwell as in a house of our own. He also had a very large hall, with a gilded roof, and this he gave us for a church and a lady that lived near the house we had bought, whose name was Doña Elena de Quiroga, a great servant of God, told us she would help us, that so a chapel might immediately be prepared, in which the most blessed sacrament could be placed, and likewise that she would so accommodate us, that we could live in enclosure. Other persons also liberally contributed alms towards our support, but this lady assisted us the most. On this account, I began to feel more quiet and rest, because where we now were, we had perfect enclosure, and began to recite our office. In fitting up the house, the good prior took much pains and made great haste, but with all his labor, it cost him two months. Still, he repaired it so well, that we could conveniently have lived there several years, and since then our Lord has gone on improving it. While I was here, I was very desirous of having monasteries of religious men, but not having one to commence with, as I already mentioned, I knew not what to do. At last I resolved to treat very privately with the prior above mentioned, to see what he would advise me to do, and so I did. He was exceedingly glad when he heard of my intentions, and promised that he himself would be the first. But when I heard this, I thought he was in jest, and so i told him because though he was always a good religious recollected and studious and a lover of his cell yet i did not think he was a fit person to commence such an undertaking and that he had sufficient strength and spirit to bear the rigour and severity requisite for such a life for he was very delicate and not accustomed to any austerities but he assured me it was otherwise with him and he certified to me that some time ago our lord had called him to a stricter life and also that he had determined to become a Carthusian, and the fathers had told him they would receive him. With all this, however, I was not quite satisfied, though I was glad to hear it, and I entreated him to wait some time, and exercise himself in those things he would have to perform under a vow. He did so for a year, and during this time so many troubles and false accusations happened to him, that made it appear our Lord wished to try him but he bore all this well and advanced so much in perfection that i praised our lord for it because i thought our lord was thus disposing him for this undertaking a little after a father happened to come here who was a young man and had been studying at salamanca and he came with another person as a companion he told me great things concerning the life which this religious led whose name was fray juan de la cruz i gave thanks to our lord In speaking to this religious, I derived great satisfaction, and learned from him that he was also desirous of entering the Carthusian order. I immediately acquainted him with my design, and earnestly entreated him to wait till our Lord gave us a convent, representing to him the great good it would produce, if he wished to make reforms, to commence the work in his own order, and how much better he would thereby serve our Lord he promised me he would do so, if the business did not prove too tedious. When I now saw I had two religious to commence the work with, it seemed to me as if the matter was already accomplished, although I was not entirely satisfied with the prior, and thus some delay was caused, as well as by our not having any place to commence the monastery. The nuns continued to gain credit with the people, who took much pleasure in them, and I think with reason, because all had but one object, which was, how each could best serve our Lord. In every respect, they observe the same rules that are kept in the convent of St. Joseph's at Avila. The constitutions also are the same. Our Lord began to call some of the sisters to take the habit, and the favors he granted them were so great, that I was astonished thereat. May he be blessed for ever, Amen. For he seeks nothing else but to be loved, that so he may love us. End of chapter three.